And with me again is my guest for this week, Antu. Hi, Antu. Hey, Park. Again, we are here for uh, Minute 88. That's from 87 minutes and zero seconds, uh, or um, one hour and 27 minutes and zero seconds, to 87.59, or 127.59, depending on how your timer is going. Uh, in this music, in this minute, um, wow, the music is kicking into high gear, cane stopping, uh... <laughs> the 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 hallway scene is coming to a head. Um, Walter is becoming increasingly threatening, and uh, Marta is, as you said, she's becoming increasingly uh, defiant. She is she's backing up, but she's not backing down. Uh, so I'm not uh, sure about you, yeah. but can you hear a baby crying at the start of this minute? <laughs> oh. At the start? Yeah, you can just hear like a baby sort of, <laughs> some sort of whining. Yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> just seems like oh, it's adding to like yeah. the ennui of like the apartment. <laughs> like yeah, uh, that, that, I wonder if that's, I mean, this is clearly a set, so that's definitely yeah. not a mistake, yeah. but it just feels like someone's putting in some like apartment, like. Noise, yeah. Yeah, just some. People living in apartment noise, but yeah, I hear the like, eh, um, a little bit uh, kind of in between cane stompings, <laughs> yes. which does the more I say that, the more I think, yeah, that sounds very purposeful. Um, <coughs> yeah, as as now we have a we've, we're changing up the shot, reverse shot a little bit, mm-hmm. we're moving the camera more, um, and we are getting uh, Michael Shannon coming in. As the closer he gets, the clearer it is that he's above us. Uh, above the camera a bit and he looks more and more threatening he's moving right up to the light and uh marta is is backing up into the dark spot between the lights where Mm. the door is and there's no light there um he just looks super duper scary and threatening (laughs) and it gets tenser and tenser and tenser uh he keeps stomping his cane in between uh sentences to to punctuate things um and he's just constantly telling her that all this you know this is going to cause so much trouble but you know uh we we can fix it Mm -hmm. with our money you know we'll get real not these local lawyers these are jokers we'll get real you know (laughs) dc national level yeah (laughs) dc lawyers they're better does that hurt your feelings as a midwestern (laughs) No, I mean, I, mean, I, I, and it's weird. They're in like New England. It's yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I will say as as an American, if the last, if the last several months have taught us anything, or or put a point on any lesson, it is that, 
DC lawyers are no great shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've I've been watching lots of lawyers from DC make arguments uh, on on television and uh, on televised on the floor of the Senate and. You know, being from D.C. or being employed by, you know, federal level people is no guarantee of <laughs> of legal talent or speaking ability. Uh, I mean, you know, look at Rudy Giuliani alone. Uh, not even anybody else who's been hired. He, he's uh, <laughs> as we record this. <laughs> the feds raided Giuliani's house earlier today. Yep. So, you know. Again, it's just no guarantee. I don't know. I don't know if DC lawyer would maybe New York lawyer. I don't know if DC lawyer would have that same kind of ring of respectability and uh, and just impressiveness that uh, Walt seems to think it would have. Yeah, he's definitely uh, trying to intimidate her, like and sort of like win her over by like, yes, New York lawyers, you you want them? Yeah, because we because we have uh, incredible resources and we can do whatever we want. <laughs> Very much to the point, she responds with, "So, like, so you could fix all of these things yep. with your your money, right? Like your resources." And he says, "Yeah, yeah. See, that's it. We can fix with you know. Oh, so good because Harlan gave me all of your resources. So obviously, <laughs> <laughs> the point. Obviously, she can fix it with your resources too. What? Why does she need you? And I mean." Even the phrasing is like super insulting. Like, and I'm I'm not knocking Marta. Yeah. I think she's awesome in this scene. She just phrases it in the most like in your face way possible. Yep, I, I think she's definitely like caught off guard by the whole situation, and that's her kind of like grasping at like <laughs> sort of like a one liner, I guess. It, 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 makes me love her. I mean, yeah. like, I already really like her character because she's, she's a good guy. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's, she is so good that just the thought of lying, you know, makes her vomit. And I, she's, that's, that's incredibly <laughs> yes. lovable yeah. uh, tick to give a character. Um, it makes her super sympathetic and, and, you know, makes you trust and trust, very trustworthy. Um, but to, but then back that up with, when, when the the intimidating guy leans on her yep. not only does she say well you're promising help with money but i have the money but she specifically <laughs> says your dad gave me your resources <laughs> yeah. like it's it's almost saying yeah maybe this should be rightfully yours but it's mine <laughs> <laughs> i have those things that you that are yours they're mine now I... it's uh it's such an in your face way to put it i love it uh, I I will say I think like Michael Shannon's trying to be helpful. I think this is him like I am offering like the olive branch. I'm trying to be helpful, but just like uh, he can't keep that under wraps. He's like too aggressive. He's like moving closer, and yeah, that's I think that's his real intention. I can I can totally buy it. I yeah. I, I can imagine that this is not so much him trying to imply a threat yep. but him just being frustrated and angry at the whole situation and also at her and especially at his father because yep. he's always angry at his father and that it's just like you said he can't keep it in it's, he's, it's, it's leaking all over the place his anger and frustration and he's not stomping his cane necessarily 
to punctuate a threat. He's yep. just stopping it because he's so angry and he can't stop himself from doing it. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely, yeah, like an unconscious, like, I'm raising the stakes. Like, this, she better accept my help or this is going to go really bad for me. Yeah, to, I, the, the the listener can't hear, but I am nodding like crazy because yep. that makes and it, it's that that makes total sense when I think about it and I try and think like I analyze Walt as a character and I think about Walt as a character. When I saw this the first time, I really only thought about how scared I was for for Marta and Armis does such a great job looking like she is being brave while being terrified and 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 her fear seems so i mean is so legitimate uh i'm just i'm just scared for her and i just like want waltz to back off but i also from that perspective like yeah he's not actually like an evil yep. psychotic person i think he just is really upset uh i i also i think this minute made me realize like this film is a great companion piece to get out in, in the sense of like, uh, there's like an underbelly of racism, but it's, you know, the surface is like a friendly, a friendly smiling white face offering, right, right, right. offering like help or allyship, but yeah, it's still underneath the intentions there. I have heard, I've heard parallels to get out and I haven't seen parasite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but in an online discussion I saw, someone also mentioned Parasite. I think just that, because, I mean, I have, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I assume that's due with the family themselves are yep. all kind of parasitic. <laughs> yes. You should see Parasite. Like. It's on my, I, I'm so bad at watching new movies. Um, <laughs> the, the, the the three children already make it tough yep. and then put that together with with the pandemic and i just i all i only the only movies i get i watch that i that aren't um that i don't watch with my kids are just old trash uh-huh or like home alone <laughs> then, or something or like uh like like old um oh man the last thing i last thing new i watched i hadn't seen before was uh blind fury Yes, starring oh, Rucker Howard. That film rules. He, oh, it's it's a good movie. Yeah. It's it's, it's uh it, <laughs> it's it was ridiculous. Cheaply made. Yep. Um, it, it is so goofy, and uh, and a, a great adaptation of uh of a, a uh, Japanese yeah. samurai. Zao well, like, Yep. Yeah, yeah. One of like a long series. Yeah, it's like I think it's supposed to be modeled on like the 18th movie or something. Like it's <laughs> yep. It's very far along in the series, and I think the last thing. Uh, knew that I saw for myself before that um, was oh man I don't even know it was probably something else like a a group watch with friends mm-hmm. online that was like uh, you know like a brain that wouldn't die or oh, yeah. you know it came from outer space sort of movie <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three <laughs> you know something something <laughs> terrible like that um, in, in all likelihood. Um, uh, occasionally I do fill in gaps in my film knowledge and watch something good. I had the last, actually the last new good thing I saw was, uh, was a mystery was, um, uh, Enola Holmes. Okay. No, no. Uh, so yeah, about, 
Sherlock Holmes' little sister, sister yep, cool. uh, who was played by the same actress who played Eleven in Stranger Things, yep. which I saw the first season of. Uh, and I'm I'm a Victorian lit scholar. Okay. And I wrote I wrote on Sherlock Holmes. Uh, it was part of my dissertation, so like I was jazzed to see that and uh, really liked it. Really liked the commentary on Victorian um, mm-hmm. sexism. Um, there were a couple of like missteps in portraying the time period that bugged me a little bit, but <laughs> it was so fun. I didn't really care. Yep. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go off on a tangent. This is all going to get cut. I'll go off on a tangent because <laughs> because yep. one part of it ticked me off. It's like this constant thing. So, um, there's a cool part where Enola is saved partly by um what she's wearing and they and they have her like wear a corset for the first time and it's like really tight fitting and it's and she it's like she can't breathe and um that's really a uh uh, a male driven stereotype of what corsets were like corsets obviously if they're super tight just like shapewear today uh or like bras today if they're ill-fitting yep could be constrictive and not good for you but it was it was what women had to to keep their secondary sex characteristics how do i say this and not be creepy it's what they had to keep their boobs in place while they're doing stuff i mean if you, you can't imagine like riding a horse or going for a jog if you have you know breasts that are like a certain size or larger i'm trying so hard to be i'm so creepy uh, <laughs> it it's just not going to be very good you're not you're definitely not going to be doing fencing or um you know uh fighting without something some kind of foundation garment it's just not yep. going to happen um you know it's it's going to be really painful um that myth of like corsets being very constrictive uh, like always very constrictive and like bad for your back and that's there were certainly some women who carried it really far and took it to like a very like also often very in a very sexualized way and that and kind of a combination of like well, it's a feminine thing, and therefore we scoff at it and look yep. down on it. But, like, the the anti-corsetry stuff was driven, a lot of it, by sexism, by misogyny. Um, and then, of course, when bras became a thing, there were financial reasons to discourage women from uh, wearing the garments they were used to instead of buying these things that... They couldn't make themselves or fix themselves yep. as much. You know, underwire is not a thing you can, like, when the wires break, you can't fix that or mend that as easily. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all, like, the move from courses to bras. I'm not saying, like, which one is better. I don't, I don't, not wearing either. It's not my business. But <laughs> it definitely was, uh, it was greatly influenced by, uh, by misogyny portraying, the garment as um, as bad for women in a really condescending way. It was men talking about what's good and bad for mm-hmm. you. Yep. Uh, 
So it it played into that in a, in like a in like a scene that ended up being kind of important, and I always thought that was that was um, that's unfortunate. Uh, and there are some really cool YouTubers out right now who do like fashion history stuff. Yep. Where I learned this from, because you know where I'm not going to learn this. If from novels written by old white dead dudes, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're not going to go into this. I had to learn this from, uh, you know, from from women who are experts not so much in the time period yep. as fashion history in general, who will talk about, uh, you know, evolution of the foundation garment. It's really really interesting stuff. Anyway, that's my that's my tangent about <laughs> yeah. Enola Holmes and the new movie that I saw over the past like three months um, <laughs> that wasn't intended for uh, five year olds. Yeah, not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that can get cut out because I don't think it's going to be very interesting or relevant to uh, our current um, yeah, uh, neo yep. detective noirish movie. Um, that's all I have to say about that. I guess. <laughs> uh well once again we don't have any new actors in the scene we just got uh yeah. we just got um armis and shannon just killing it um both mentioned the for the editing uh, uh picks up and it's really interesting the cinematography the score all pick up uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about this minute or two uh it's probably just like it really just follows up on like ryan johnson's non noir roots but easily like yeah this is like he couldn't have not done this scene had he not made brick basically yeah even more than the last one yeah this one really reminds me of brick um i don't i don't know if we didn't mention the 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 color i don't think we did no uh the the last minute and this minute are both really green which is you know a good color especially like sort of a pale olivey Pale but dark, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like like washed out dark, um, kind of olivey and uh, and and uh, English racing green, and it's um, it's a sickly looking color. Like the lights are slightly yellow, and with the green and the, everything, everyone looks yeah like a little bit queasy, and it, it works very well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it just to me it just reads as like cheap apartment building paint that you just like you buy on like the cheap because there's a lot of it. <laughs> like no one wants to paint there. Really yeah, like for that. sure. It's, it's <laughs> colors that are cheap because they're left over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A grayish, grayish green. Well, our our Wednesday question on to is about Benoit Blanc. Uh, we're not going to give any spoilers. Yeah. But uh, what else would you like to see? Benoit Blanc do because we are we are going to get more Benoit Blanc movies uh, I'm not sure what they are I don't think details have come down no, yet just... as of our recording but what would you hope for uh, maybe <laughs> maybe move like the case to like another country that'd be instant, instantly interesting like He's already like a bit of a fish out of water character. Like he's like got that weird accent. <laughs> he's he's kind of, he's kind of a weirdo, right? He's but uh, yeah, it'd be he is. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, he is a little bit of a weirdo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I you know I think you know the simple sort of easy answer would be like give us like a Benoit Blank origin story or like sort of like. Look, look at where he came from, who he is, and stuff like that. But like, you know, I think it's easier just to like 
insert him into like other people's mysteries and go from there. Yeah, I think yeah, that was my first thought too. Was sort of like a, you know, yeah, have him go back home. Yeah, and solve a mystery where he came. I hope they don't, or if they do that, I hope they don't do that until like the, like the fourth movie. Like, yeah, to give us time first. I, it'd be great, like to sort of like have him like go back to I, I guess Nolans or whatever, and have him do to like have like a bunch of actors who have like no, who also have no business doing like a Creole accent, like just <laughs> hire all of them and have it subtitled because it's so terrible or whatever. I think. I think Blanc is supposed to be Georgian. Mm-hmm. I think it's be from Georgia. Yes, a Shelby um, Foot was the reference point. Yeah. What was it? Uh, Shelby Foot, the historian, I believe, who okay. Daniel Craig based his accent on. So I think he. Yeah, I think I assume Shelby Foot is from Georgia. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I went to school for a couple of years in Georgia, and um, it. It sounds like the accents I knew. Oh, he was born in Mississippi. I just looked it up. Yeah, cool. Uh, he's born. Well, that I mean, that shows me yeah, what I know. Cool. Uh, born in Mississippi and died in Tennessee. But I don't know where he lived necessarily in between. Um, Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, oh, moved all around, as well as Pensacola, Florida, Mobile, Alabama. So sort of a pan white southern yeah yeah that's sort of i would even say like archetypal southern gentleman sort of thing yeah very much he has that um genteel southerner <laughs> yep. yeah yeah it like i guess like the comparison of foghorn leghorn like isn't <laughs> isn't unfounded at all like i i can see it yeah the the difference is like that that character is everything he says is in a tone of uh let me tell you what's up <laughs> yep whereas blanc is uh why don't you tell me what's up <laughs> yep yep <laughs> yeah he's he's a he's he's a listener before he says anything and then when he does say it it sounds very considered and careful but in just terms of the way he pronounces different words, I can definitely hear a little foghorn leghorn in there. <laughs> yeah i I would love to have I would love to have Blanc go to another country. I I would love to have him take out rich white people in a different country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like 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 rich white Americans. Yep. In like Eastern Europe. Or 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 Africa or Asia or uh, somewhere else where they're like, you know, being being abusive dickholes. You, you could like it'd be like interesting to see him like go to the UK and and deal with like the class structure there and that sort of like makes a lot of more a lot of sense I guess. And I wonder how they would how how the Southern accent would play in other like Commonwealth countries, because mm-hmm. definitely in America, there is a stereotype. Anyone, even the sort of like genteel Southern yep. accent sounds partly because it is, it is fewer words per minute. It just, it literally is usually slower. 
sounds uh, there is a stereotype that it's that it's that their people are stupid. Yep. That um, and I wonder how much that carries over. Like, does a does a Georgia accent sound dumber to like a Londoner than a New York accent, <laughs> yeah. or? Or would they catch on the class difference? Because mm-hmm. I think some Americans, I'm not even sure if they would catch on the class difference between, partly because that accent has kind of died out a lot. Yes, uh, totally. Uh, if they would catch on that sort of like more upper class Southerner versus a more, you know, middle class yep. or, 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 or working class Southerner, or if they would just hear Southern and... Mm-hmm. And, and respond to it in that, you know, prejudiced way. Yeah, I you could see, I guess you could see the stereotype of just, like, a, a Londoner calling him a yank or whatever. And like, you know. <laughs> well, that's a good way to start a fight. <laughs> yes, totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to a, lot of, to a large extent, I mean, like, Americans don't, don't pick up on, um, like, British regionalism mm-hmm. or most other countries. I think, I think... Uh, Maybe like Parisian accent versus someone from the countryside, or like London versus someone from like the north. Yep. Maybe, but like I th- most Americans have a hard time telling apart like Scottish and Irish. Yeah, no, I can't imagine like anyone. Yep. Yeah, and like I mean, I, I don't, I have not seen much Australian television. Yeah. So I'm less familiar with Australian accents than with um, than with like different British accents. I can tell the difference between Australia and New Zealand, mm-hmm. but beyond that, like within Australia, I I, I probably couldn't <laughs> no, tell the difference. There's not enough like media diversity over here in terms of like you're not going to get like a, a wide pool of uh, accents at all, like. I would even say for like Americans, like you know, a lot of actors get their their regional accents stamped out when they go to acting school as well. Oh, for sure, yeah, for for a century or more. Yeah, yeah. So like a lot of like you know the accents that you would see on like in American media were probably just like actors trying to do a Boston accent or something along right. those lines or whatever. To me, everyone from Australia just sounds super friendly all the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> My, it's, just, it's just like the the sort of like, like friendliest, warmest, happy to be here accent, <laughs> and that's all I hear. It all I, I I don't recognize the class. It might be partially because I've probably heard Australian accents done by British actors as often as done by yep. Australians, and that's the way. Like that's that's. That's the way that, like, Fry and Lori do Australian <laughs> accents, right? It's like, they're businessmen, but they talk, like, the most, you know, crikey, like, <laughs> yes, cliche, it up. Yep. Steve Irwin-y sounding accent. And and so that's, that's, like, what I have heard. I would suggest, if you want, like, a, a view into, like, a different sort of Australian accent, and just like another part of the country, it's a documentary, it's called... Hotel Kalgoorlie. I'll I'll send you like the wiki link or whatever. But yeah, yeah, uh, but send me a link. 
yeah, it's just like an incredible documentary about like the hostilities of like a rural town in uh, in Perth. Or, I mean, Western Australia. It's just like so eye-opening and sort of like dismantles the cliche of like the friendly Australian. And cool, cool. Yeah. You'll you'll and like the accents are just so like f- like I'm used to it, but like I can understand how it would be shocking to an American. I think like the only representation of like like non Sydney Australia yeah. I've seen might be Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Uh-huh. Which I have no idea how accurate the portrayals are. No, in there I think that because would be pretty I have, accurate. I don't have any reference point. Because, like, that's shot here, and I'm sure, like, the locals, like, the director, like, knew of the culture and so on. Yeah, I'm, and, and the, I mean, the, the cast was definitely Australian, yeah. at least. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, no clue. Yeah. Um, yeah, send me the, send me the Wikipedia link. I'll, yeah. I'll look it up, and at least I'll, uh, I'll, I'll watch, if I can get a hold of it, I'll watch the whole thing. Yep. Cool. A new movie. I'll have seen a new movie. That's not crap. <laughs> That's great. Yep. Well, Antu, thank you so much for joining me uh, and all of our um, very long discourse that I'm sure will be cut from this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, Yeah, just follow me at Twitter at TheAntu. So that's T-H-E-A-N-H-T-U at Twitter. I've, I've learned that Australians say H. Which some some of the Brits do. Uh, and you can also find our show on Twitter at Knives Out Minute. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Knives Out Minute on your podcatcher of choice. And uh, on to and I will see you again tomorrow for Minute 89. Good day.